Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. Someone who has two talents, only one talent. and someone else who has five talents. Only one talent. Oh, my Lord, I feel like hiding my gift. I feel like hiding my gift when I'm in the midst of gifted people. Oh Lord, I feel like hiding my talent. I feel like hiding my talent when I'm in the midst of gifted people. Oh Lord, only one talent. Only one talent. Others have more. Only one talent. Many more talents. Only one. I need to use what I have. If I wanna hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, if I give you one talent, you will be judged for that talent. Oh Lord. I have so many fears in me. Only one talent. I'm afraid people will laugh at me. Only one talent. And I don't wanna be embarrassed. Yeah. Only one talent. Oh my Lord, am I falling short? Oh Lord, am I falling short? Am I walking in fear? Or do I have the spirit of fear? Oh Lord, I want to use my gifts. I want to use my talent when I'm in the midst. Of gifted people, oh Lord, only one talent. Only one talent. Lord, others have more. Only one talent. 
many more talents I need to use what I have If I want to hear him say well done Good and faithful servant If I give you one talent You'll be judged for the talent Oh Lord, I have the issue of laziness too I don't like working hard, I like to take my time I feel tired all the time, I don't like difficult things Sleeping and resting and eating, I don't wanna be bored. Oh my Lord, am I falling sure? Hey, am I walking in fear or do I have the spirit of fear? Oh Lord, I wanna use my I want to be up and about Doing your work Bearing my truth Oh Lord Only one talent Lord Others have more Many more talents I need to use What I have If I want to hear him say Well done Good and faithful servant How many of you use that talent that God gave you? All right. What you have 
If you want to please say, well done, good and faithful If God gives you six talents, you will be judged by the talent. Oh, only one talent. Lord, see others have five. But I just got one, only one, only one, only one. I'm gonna use that one talent. Oh, only one talent. Can't you see some? Some have even five. Lord, I just got one. I'm gonna use it. I'll preach, I'll sing, I'll work, I'll do your will of God. Oh, only one talent. My Lord, see others have more. Many more talents. I need to use what I have. Use what I got. You should be ministering direction and guidance and insight and revelation. That is why a priest is a man of knowledge. Indeed, in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, I don't know if we have scriptures here, but that's okay. You can look into your Bible. The Bible says that for my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. And he goes on, Hosea goes on to prophesy and says that because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you that you shall be no priest to me. It's amazing that priests are not rejected on the basis of of only adultery and stealing and killing. But not liking knowledge is the first basis for your removal from the priesthood. Not liking knowledge is the basis for your removal from the priesthood. So some of us who have titles as pastors and reverends, and you have a chair in front as the pastor of the church, may not know that God removed you four years ago. I shouldn't say such things. It is only men and institutional appointments that give certain individuals credence as pastors. But in God's economy, certain pastors do not exist. On the basis, think of yourself as a pastor, one month now, you've not read any book. One month. Now, I'm also charging the gentleman on the sound. You better do something that befits the church you are in. I'm not used to bad sound in Harvest House. Not even here. So somebody there has to be removed from there and a new person brought there to do something that befits the stature of the ministry we are having the conference in. Otherwise, I will come personally and remove you from there. We need 
sound that enables us to enjoy the word of God. Can you clap your hands for those at the back? So, the point I am making, my sister, is not a frivolous point. Love knowledge. Please love knowledge. And the Macarius Library is a very important source and resource for your ministry. Then we have now the second box, Macarius 51 to 100. This is it. And if you are a pastor, I will highly recommend this. I, would, I don't know if Linda can give me some of the books that are in the Macarius 51 to 100. Do you have some loose copies? Is it possible to get some loose copies? I want to mention them. Otherwise, I will just... There are books. One very powerful book here is The Gift of Governments. It's a very, very powerful book. I will recommend to pastors. The Gift of Governments. And then we also have books like Stare It Up. Enlargement Secrets. Do you desire to be enlarged? Yes. This book will put into your hands how to be enlarged as a minister. I desire to be enlarged. Amen. I desire to be enlarged. And I believe that it's going to be a blessing. Another book I've, I've recently preached from is If You Love the Lord. I can see a pastor holding this book and preaching from it. If you love the Lord. You know, another book is Why Few Are Chosen. Why, why Are Few Chosen? The answers are in this book. Another book is There are some which are I've seen in the old ones. Seeing and hearing. Ready at 20. Yes. You want to hold this book and gather all your teenagers who are being drawn to pornography, drinking, unholy excitement and preach to them how they can be ready for God at 20. Can you clap your hands for this book? And on and on. I want you to get the Macarius 51 to 100. We will take a break and then come back for the final session. But during the break, I would like you to visit the bookstand at the back. 
and get the books, they will be a blessing to you. Actually, we also have the Macarius audio. You know, for those of us who are housewives, always working. Always working. Cooking, cleaning. Your husband alone takes five hours of your day. Yes. But I'm just saying to the housewives, cleaning their rooms, cooking five dishes a day, by the grace of God, now you can read books without reading a book. I thought you were going to clap your hands, housewives. Those of us who are always on the road, driving back and forth, chief executives who are always on the move, flying up and down airports and on the road. By the grace of God, all these books now exist in the audio form. Chapter after chapter, page after page. You don't need to read to read. You can now listen to read. It's a blessing. Can you clap your hands? So, we have the Macarius Audio Library. What a beautiful blessing. And I'm sure during the break, (laughs) and then when there's a proper break and we step out of here, please ask for the Macarius Audio and then the Macarius 1 to 50 and Macarius 51 to 100, and it will be a blessing to you. God bless you. Hallelujah. So, I'm now happy with the sound. Can you hear me well at the back? Good. The theme for this conference Linda pressured me to give is the builder's anointing. Hallelujah. And it's a very, very important, there's a little echo, slight echo at the back. If you can handle that one, very good. Thank you. This conference is a work of ministry conference. It's not a prosperity conference. It's not a marriage enhancement formula conference. It's not for It's not a social, managerial, promotion conference. It's a work of ministry conference. You and I have been called by God to build his church. You may be a chorister here, an usher here, At least we know we have sound engineers here. (laughs) You may be a pastor here. 
a founder of a great ministry here. I would like you to please listen to me very carefully because God has something to say to you through this conference. And if there is any anointing we need, it is an anointing to build the church. The church. The church must be built. Hallelujah. I said the church must be built. And unlike a law practice or a medical clinic or an engineering consult, the church requires the anointing. You need to be anointed to build the church. There is something you need to build the church that you will not need to build a school. You will not need that to build a clinic. You will not need that to build a hospital. Now, if you are here and you are a worker in the church, you and I have been called by God to build To build. Now, what happens is that a lot of churches are not being built. They are just being maintained. But you and I will know from the parable of the talents that God is against maintenance. So, if you are here and you are a maintenance pastor, God is going to elevate your rank to become a builder. See, when you are building, you are adding to. You are adding to. You are enhancing. The church must be enhanced. The church must be built continually. Now, one of the reasons why we need the builder's anointing is that without the builder's anointing, you will easily think you've arrived. A lot of pastors are found at the arrival terminal. Instead of the departure hall, they are at the arrival hall. But this conference relocates you from the arrival hall to the departure hall. Ladies and gentlemen, there are bigger things for us to experience. Some of us here through this conference are going to, in addition to your grand church you are pastoring you are also going to have other churches you will pastor under you for some of us here building the church means starting other churches some of us for some of us building the church means growing the church we have the church must grow 
there is a book, Church Growth. You see it here. And the mega church. Every church must grow. The church that sits 50,000 members on Sunday morning must grow. Bishop David Oyedepo has a church with a seating capacity of 50,000. Not 50 members. 50,000 human beings. That is the church building that is in the Guinness Book of Records. And now he is building a hundred thousand seater. About to finish soon. So I'm surprised that with your 162 members. No, I'm just curious that you have 162 members and you, you are already at the arrival hall. But from this conference, you are going to be interested in what is in this book, Church Growth. Receive the desire to grow your church. I'll take it again. A certain pastor has 50,000 chairs in his church. He is now building, the sound has gone down, I can feel it. Don't play tricks on me. He is now building a hundred thousand. That's a stadium. And I'm saying that it surprises me that with your 118, is it 118 or 116? Your, your, your church. Can I ask? Oh, oh, 115. I hear it's 115. With your 115 members, you have arrived. But things are going to change from this conference. You can clap your hands. No. Are you with me? You know, Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 placed a blessing on certain individuals. The peacemakers. poor but one of the people he blessed one group is the group who are hungry and thirsty once you lose hunger and thirst a blessing is taken from your life so make sure that nothing makes you satisfied the more you have the more you desire if God gives you all the people in Harare as your church members move to Bulawayo and take all the members or just Bindura here I'm saying that you should never be satisfied am I helping someone here? So, this conference 
is to deal with that with, with those in, in medicine we call the satiety centers satiety centers there are some centers in your brain that tell you you are satisfied stop eating the satiety centers I am going to use a machine to cauterize the satiety centers I'm going to cut them off so you'll be in a state of constant hunger Some of you, after this conference, will start another church service in the same building. You know, turn your Bible to Genesis 13. Genesis 13. Verse 1. Are you there with me? Genesis 13. And Abram went up out of Egypt. He and his wife. And all that he had. And lot with him. Verse 2. And Abram. Was very rich. In cattle. In silver. And in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel. Unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Verse 4. Unto the place of the altar. Verse 5. And Lot also which went with him had flocks and herds and tents. Verse 6. And the land was not able to bear them. That they might dwell together. For their substance was very great. So that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife. Between the headsmen of Abraham's cattle. And the headsmen of Lot's cattle. And we know the story. You see. One reason why I am, got, I am very happy that we have all gathered here is that there must be a hunger in you for you to be here. Amen. You see, Abraham got to a place where he thought he had made it. Because, you see, it is the Bible that says that he was very rich. Some of us say we are very rich. But God doesn't think you are very rich. But for Abraham, the Bible says he was very rich. Very rich. One of the things he should have done initially was to send Lot away. To another land to go and prosper there. Hello? Is that noise from here? 
Is it from here? Hello? All right. Let's clap for them. You see, when you become rich, when your church attains a certain size, I'm talking about the builder's anointing. There is something you must do. If you don't do it, you will generate disloyal orangus. Yes. When Abraham Abraham became very wealthy, one of the things he should have done was to send Lot away. You see, you either send the person away as a son and a friend or you send him away as an enemy of the ministry. Yes. Because your current level of greatness is not enough. Some of us have got certain individuals in our churches that we must send away to go and start branches. If you don't send them away, a day will come you will be forced to send them away to start their own churches. You don't seem to understand my accent. Should I change my accent? We must keep building. Otherwise, you see, I'm very happy that close to 30 years ago, my pastor sent me from the church he was pastoring. I was a member of the church. He sent me to go and pastor a branch. When I went, I went to suffer there. And it humbled me. Yes, because you see, if you've not pastored a congregation, you will sit in the church with ideas. Yes, ideas. Some of you sit in the church with ideas when your pastor is preaching. You feel he should have used that verse. Or the way he began was not right. He should have rather used Esther's story to start the message. But when you start your own branch, you become calm and cool. Eventually, Abraham sent Lot away. But not under favorable and 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 friendly amicable feelings yes the church you are pastoring cannot be the end of your life jesus said you are the light of the world you are not the light of harari I said, you are not the light of Harari. And there's a girl in your church who wants to go and start a branch. And she's waiting for you, for your leadership to come up. So she's sent away. Many pastors feel that once the church can buy shoes for the pastor, 
a wig for his wife and a car for the pastor and pay the rent and take the pastor's children to school. We are good. But God did not build a church based on your lifestyle. He built the church based on the hunger of the world. The sinners in the world. The people who need Jesus. And until the world has run out of unbelievers. You didn't hear what I said? Until the world has run out of unbelievers. You will never sit down and relax and say you've arrived. Not knowing that Abraham's world was just level one. Yes. I thought that uh, not rich. He was not rich. He was very rich. Bible standard very rich. What a blessing. But the Bible says that when Lot left, God came and said, now lift up your eyes. I am here to announce another level of church growth for your ministry. I'm here to announce another level of ministry for your churches. He said, lift up your eyes now. Look at my face very well. Where you are now is not the end of the ministry. Not knowing there was another level of prosperity. Look at the stars. I'm going to rest a little and come. Start counting them. And if you can count them, it means that your descendants can be counted. God came back after 21 days. He was still counting. He took him to the beach. To start counting the sand. I'm going to urinate and come. God came back. He was still counting. I am informing you that the ministry that has stagnated that you feel you've arrived you are more like a prime minister of your church today marks the beginning of a new level of growth a new level of ministry a new level of anointing a new level of glory and beauty receive it now There's a book. I think it's here. Church planting. You know, the contents of this book will surprise you. One of the chapters in this book deals with the subject of barrenness. I'm preaching about the builder's anointing. Barrenness. I'm looking for it. Yes. Many of us need to have the builder's anointing. So we don't become barren. See, as we speak now, 
a lot of us here are barren. Yes. These are not nice words. I wish I didn't have to use such words. I wish I would say that you are a fruitful tree. Your ministry is enlarging. But unfortunately, some of us are barren. And today, you will overcome the barrenness. Listen to how to diagnose barrenness. Don't you want to know how to diagnose barrenness in your ministry? Yes. Can I start? Or or should we take a break? Can I start? You don't need to write notes. They are in this book, Church Planting. Get the Macarius. You see, um, I want to stir you up to come out of your somnolence and rise up to be a builder of your home cell, a builder of your car, a builder of your branch, a builder of your ministry, a builder of your church. Look at it. There are 20. Yes. 20 ways to know that as you are sitting here, you are barren. I'm reading them. So you don't think that I have come to say something bad. I'm reading so you know that it's not my words. Yes. If there is no growth in the number of your church members, you are barren. It didn't say if you don't have church members. If there's no growth in the members of your choir, you are a barren choir leader. And it must disturb you. Because even in African culture, we don't like barrenness. So I'm surprised that you are, you are accepting it in the ministry. If there are no converts, Or no growth in the number of converts in your church. So two ways. Some of you, you, you even preach, you don't make altar calls. That is, that is a crime will arrest you for later. But some of us who have converts, always three converts, two converts, one, three, one. There must be an increasing number of converts in your church for you to say you are broken out of barrenness. Increasing. Number three. If there is no growth in church attendance, choir attendance, Access attendance. And some of us preach. We have services. And you don't know the number of people who came to church. But you know the number of people. The the, the amount of money you had as offerings. 
I shouldn't speak that way. No, please. I am a Ghanaian. I'm not a Zimbabwe. So, if I'm saying something that is against the culture, please let me know. Is it good for a pastor not to know that after church, you don't ask the ashes how many came to church? But you go to the treasurers to find out how much money came as offerings. Is it right? It's all right. Mommy, am I saying something bad? From today, you will be interested in how many people came to church. Number five. Number four. If there's no growth in the number of full-time staff, yes. people who are working full-time, there should be more. More. Not full-time staff you have crammed into your church. But full-time staff you've sent to other places to also go and suffer and build something so they are humble. Suffer and build. Number five. There is no baptism or no growth in the number of people baptized. Yes. When was the last time people got baptized in your church? See, all these are parts of the builder's anointing. Your ministry must have people who have entered a river and come out, or a bathtub and come out, or a swimming pool and come out. There should, Derek Prince says, there is nothing like being saved without being baptized. There's nothing like that. I was also listening to him recently. There is nothing in the Bible. Anybody who got saved, the next thing was they were looking for water. As if even when you get saved, you become thirsty. And you in your ministry for one year, you've not done baptism. But you have done conventions and your members are drinking oil in thoughts. Number six. There is barrenness in your church. If there is the absence of healings and miracles. Say, say, miracles and healings are a part of the ministry. There is, listen, there is no special prophet somewhere who should heal your church member. Heal them yourself. you have never healed anybody today you are going to start to find out how to heal in 
introduce yourself as a healer to your neighbor. To your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I am a healer. Please, if I'm saying something bad, please let me know. You've made yourself a classroom teacher. Every day, point number one, point number two, point number three. And your members are not being pointed to anywhere good. Anybody who preaches the word of God, can you please sit down? I want to ask a question. Today is what? Saturday. Today is Friday. Tomorrow, okay, I've lost count. How is there anybody here who preached in your church last week Sunday? You preached. Can I see your hand? Those of you who preached or during the week you have preached or you have preached before. Let me see your hand. Can I see your hand? You've preached before. Anybody who preaches must also heal. There is nothing like preaching without healing. Because they came together. Jesus said, go into the world. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Cast out devils. So you can choose which one you like. It's not a choice. Can you imagine a wife wearing a wedding ring and telling her, her husband, I just came into your life to cook food for you. Hey! Then what should I do with my gadgets? By having a wedding, you were agreeing to cook for me. Do acrobatics and gymnastics. I think I want to stop the message. I don't think Is there any man who in your heart would like a wife who cooks only. Can I see your hand? How many of you would like a wife who cooks and also is an acrobat? Ladies and gentlemen, Preaching cannot be done alone. If you are preaching, 
that you must heal the sick. You must cast out devils. Receive the power to heal the sick. You can't be choosy. It is lazy pastors. What what pastors? Lazy pastors who say God has only called them to preach and not to heal. Because you see, the miracle ministry is a lot of work. Did you know that miracles are not done? Miracles are worked. Work it. Work the miracle. So it's only lazy pastors who don't want to work. Like in Acts 3, at the gate called Beautiful, Peter saw the man. He was begging. He said, I don't have money. And I think some pastors, God should remove money from their ministry. Yeah, because, you see, it's the, it's the presence of money that makes you want to solve every problem with money. If Peter had money, he would have given the guy money and left him paralyzed. But it was good he had no money. He said, silver, gold, I don't have. But what I have, I said, what I have, may you have something to heal the sick. Such as I have. And he said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. But I was surprised to see that after telling the man to rise up, he held his hand. Work it. Said, stand up and walk. Some members, you must pray for them again and again. You are lazy. You are lazy. Ask your neighbor, where is your miracle ministry? Show me. Show me pictures. Please. Show show me pictures. Show me pictures. Where are your pictures? Show the pictures. Take out your phone and show the pictures. pictures. Today marks the end of laziness. Tell your neighbor, work it, work it, work it. Why? 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 Why should we heal and cast out devils? Because in the Bible, not everybody followed Jesus through preaching. The reason why your church is empty is that the constituency that must come through miracles have not arrived yet. One day, Jesus was walking in town. And when he turned, a large crowd followed him. He said, I know why you are following me. It's because 
of the bread you ate yesterday. It was a miracle. Miracles make people follow you as a pastor. Some of you even the finances of your church can be markedly improved through the miracle ministry. A woman came to Jesus with expensive oil perfume for that matter broke it it but that pouring was linked to the raising of the dead of her brother yes because when Jesus went there he said it was that Mary that Mary may you have Marys in your life who are following you I'm saying anybody listening to me who has you've made yourself a classroom teacher of verses and points Today, you are going to start laying hands on the sick. We don't build churches by preaching points and shouting. Ah, in the name of Jesus, I feel God is stuck into me. Is there anybody here? Why? In the name of Jesus, can you hear me? Say Jesus. Take your time. Take your time. Lay hands on the sick. Let the breast cancer disappear. Let the lame begin to walk. Let the headaches disappear. To the point where you don't even know you are healing people. But they are being healed. I was at a camp in rest heaven. Harare. Beautiful place. We were praying. I just felt I was just anoint some people. Just a few. Just pour oil on them. I went straight to a lady. Her hands were like this. So it was ready to receive oil. <laughs> and I poured oil on, on the hand. And I walked away. Continued preaching. Not knowing that lady had had an accident. And that hand could not be lifted above the level of her elbow. As soon as I poured the oil on the hand, power entered the hand. She lifted it for the first time. Ask your neighbor who made you a school teacher. You ask your neighbor. I said, ask your neighbor who made you a school teacher. Why don't you want to be like Jesus? Jesus was in a church service. He was teaching. He wasn't laying hands. He wasn't casting out devils. Just teaching. A woman sitting there, her back was twisted. The back became straight. Real teaching 
Ghost with power to heal people. So how many of you are seeing that there is some barrenness somewhere? Just is somewhere. But God is healing you now. I said, look, look I'm, I'm not joking. Whether you are a chorister, you are a dancing star, you are a sound man, you are Asha, there is power in you to heal the sick. Mommy, mommy, don't sit there for some prophet to collect your members because he prophesied to them and healed them. Don't sit down. Work yourself up. Desire the prophetic anointing. You too prophesy. Obey. I had a wealthy church member. A lady. Lot of money. But because I was just teaching points. One day I looked around me. And she had vanished. Yes. She went to follow a prophet. What even annoyed me. Was that. During the time she was away from me, I had the privilege to build a cathedral. I was raising funds, gathering money. And she, my church member, had brought her over 10 years. She was now helping a prophet to build this cathedral because he was doing miracle wonders on her life. But what is not for you is not for you. So God had mercy on me. And my church member began to be poor. She began to be poor. poor. Am, I, am I speaking well? Is it poor or poor? Poor. Have ma- she didn't have money. Yes. So her driver, driver, one day asked her, his madam, madam, why? What is happening to us? When we were in Bishop Ogo's church, we had money. I think we must return the, the driver. So I was in church one Sunday and my church member brought her to me. I said, hey, where have you been? And she smiled. And she told me her story. The issues, the problems. I said, come back. Sit down. Don't be a fool again. Today, she's having hundreds of thousands of dollars of businesses. So, mine was just, but now I'm also a prophet and a miracle worker. Tell your neighbor, you are not just a teacher, you are just barren. You are just barren. You are just barren. Accept that you are a barren pastor. Tell another person, you are not just teaching, you are just barren. You are barren. Can you clap your hands at this time? Please sit down. When you stand, I feel dizzy. 
the next way to diagnose barrenness. If there is no growth in the number of leaders in the church, then you are, you, you, your barrenness is at, a, is, is at a senior level. Say, why are you laughing like that? So, so now we have moved from the church itself growing. We now want to see leaders also growing. The church cannot be done by you and your wife and your two children with big heads. The ministry is not a family business. Wake up! Oh, I shouldn't say that. I said the ministry is not a family business. Where are the leaders? You, you wait. I'm coming there. Say the builder's anointing. The next one. There's barrenness in your church. If there is no increase in the knowledge of God. Yes. People are not becoming increasingly spiritual. Not just from your Sunday morning preaching. But other avenues. Other Meetings, other ways of engaging your members on the platform of the word of God. That your members are meeting in small groups. Did you know that preaching on Sunday is just 2% of a pastor's work? How many percent? One, two. This coming Sunday, your preaching is just two percent of your work. Sit down. So that, that's why when your church closes and you also close to go and watch Premier League, you are a pastor. You are watching Premier League at home, or you are sitting in a hotel with your family having a family lunch. On a Sunday, I'm not, I'm not against family lunches. But don't choose Sunday if you're a pastor. Sit in the church and work till midnight. Even you're preaching on Sunday. They don't remember it. If, please, this tomorrow, Sunday, if you preach, when you finish doing the announcement, call somebody to say to, to tell you what you preached. They'll be singing Aladdin, Aladdin stories. Mary had a little lamb. Meet your members one on one. Counsel them. Let your leaders meet the members. Let the members meet in small groups. Arrange meetings with you at 7 p.m. There should be many, many, many different forums for discussion of the word of God. 
the knowledge of God is not growing, then you are not building the church. Because the church is not a political forum. It's not a university. Even university knowledge increases from the first week of the semester to the last week of the semester. Knowledge increases. Number eight. Number nine. If there is no growth in the depth of relationships, yes. Say the builder's anointing. I'm showing you. How to build a church. Those of you pastors who have turned the church into a preaching center. The church is a place of relationships. It's a family. This church, Harvest House, under Bishop Kolenyati, is not a preaching center. The people that walk through this glass door to come here, don't come here just to hear preaching. They come here to be a part of a family. A family. Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Are these not my brothers and sisters and mothers? We don't just join a church. We come here and develop father, mother, father, son, daughter, mother, brother, sister. So better arrange meetings that bring relationships together. How can we be in the same church and meet you in a combi? And I don't pay for you because I don't know you. And those of you, most of them, they are at the back. So let me come to the back and address them well. Those of you at the back who feel you are big. You've got a good job. Your husband is rich. You yourself are chief executive of Zambia Zimbabwe International Bank. And when you come, you feel so big. That you can't relate to those of us in front who don't have money. Because normally those who don't have money move to the front for, for more help. Every church has the big people sitting at the back. And you feel too big to relate with us. You will see something one day. You, you, you will stand at a place where your money cannot solve your problem. You will need me in your life. And that is the day I will show you that I don't know you. Better begin to be friendly. Pastors, get your members to be friends with each other. Your members shouldn't go to Pentecost to marry. 
or church of Zambia to marry. We should marry ourselves here. Ask your neighbor, are you too big to relate with us? You see them always at the back. The proud ones. And as a pastor is preaching, they are at the back, they are chewing gum. Like, like a cow that is chewing grass. your neighbor humble yourself and relate with us I, I think I need to repeat myself the church is not a preaching center it is a place of brother sister brother father son father mother daughter the church is a family. Yes, we will quarrel. But which family doesn't quarrel? So if you when I see you, you look like somebody who likes quarreling. That's how you look. You look like somebody who likes to quarrel. But have you left your family? So when we quarrel amongst ourselves, it doesn't mean that we are enemies. This is you are my brother, you are my sister. I say you are my brother, you there, you are my wife. No, but listen. And it, sometimes it's not the pastor's fault. It's the church members. It's on spirituality. As she's here, she's in a relationship with a, some, a, 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 a Zimbabwean footballer. Meanwhile, the real husband you have is this guy with only two shirts. But it's only today that he has two shirts. Later on, you have more sheds, more cars, more houses, more blessings. A lot of churches, pastor, have got superficial relationships. Super. Am I saying it well? Superficial. 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 We need deep relationships. I said we need deep relationships. And I'm not saying go and fondle girls and have sex with the girls. You can have deep relationships without sex. Some of you, you're only thinking about relationships. Sex, sex, sex. If I want to marry, why should I go and marry? How can I belong to a big church like this and go and get a wife from Kingdom Greengrass International, Florida Water of God, Peradventure Missions International? So, pastors, let's build the church in such a way that there is family spirit. Otherwise, the church is dry and barren. And you, the pastor yourself, don't make yourself a mystery man. 
lot of pastors are mysterious. We don't know how you got your car. We don't know who your children are. Your wife is a fairy tale in the air. She comes like some balloon in the air. Mysterious. When you are preaching, talk about yourself. Because if you are a mystery man, then your member will also be a mystery boy. And we are all in mysteries. Till we see your picture in the news that you have been arrested for fraud. Are you, are you listening to me? Am I making sense to you? We, are, we, we build the church not just through preachings. Any arrangement that will bring brother and sister together, sister and sister, family, home cell, this group. Sometimes you, the pastor, must even be in your office and call eight people to just chat with them. Ask, do you know this girl? Do you know this? Meanwhile, you call the eight because there are two of them you want to match. Two you want to match. Can you imagine, that's my church member from Ghana, if I had not pastored the church well for somebody in the church to marry her. She would have been a Catholic nun or some Adventist communion wine servant. But the church was saying that a young man in the church married her. So now I have her. She's troublesome, but I still like her. Who shouldn't bring trouble? Call your members. Of course, not everybody. I mean, some of your leaders or some faithful guy. Come home, let's eat. In case you are afraid that when they come into your living room, they will steal your paintings. Sit outside with them and eat and chat while you are wearing shorts. Let's let's remove these jackets and ties and be real. So you are laughing too much. Churches are too superficial. To, even pastors have no relationships. Pastors, pastors. They don't relate. Among pastors. The only time you see pastors talking for more than three minutes is when they are discussing another pastor. No, it's there. It's there. Where is it? Yes. If there is no growth in the depth of relationships. Depth. Say depth. Yes. We must foster deep relationships. Because the truth also is that we cannot even be fruitful if we have if we don't have deep relationships. We can't be fruitful. We can't give back to converts. One day I was in a consulting room. And a woman came and said she has been married for three years. No child. 
as I was writing a few things, I just thought to ask you. So, let's say if it was Zimbabwe, I asked her, where is your husband? And we were in Harare. So, my husband is in Harare. He works at this plant. It's beautiful. Do you see him often? He said, oh, not really. I, I, I said, where do you work? So, oh, I live in Bulawayo. And I come home once in three months. I said, madam, we don't email spams. I told her. I, 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 I told her. I said, spams are not emailed. You don't WhatsApp spams. And you are sitting there and I am worried that you don't have a child. I said, do you want your husband to WhatsApp the spams or Bluetooth the spams to you? Remove yourself from Bulawayo and come to Harare here. months she was pregnant Two months. See, I'm saying that we need deep I'm not saying go and have sex with the says. I'm saying that without depth of relationships there will be barrenness a woman cannot shake the hand of a man and get pregnant Let me be quiet. Pastors, say, are you a pastor? Here, in this church. Build relationships. Build them. I hope you're not a mystery man. Not even a mystery man. Just with the tie. The, the, the tie. And then, that's your wife, not so. Yes. From now on, bring the members together. Put them together on a bus. Six people, seven, go and sit somewhere. Yes. Pay for some food. You said what? Did you say what? You said said, wow. Okay. (laughs) I thought you said what? Pay for some food. And chat with them. You see that they'll become one as a family. You can't spend all your money on wigs for her. She doesn't have a wig. Praise God. Or shoes. Or bags. Spend some of your money to buy food. Or maybe there's a program in Bulawayo. Take some members with you. Together forever. I'm saying that the church is not only in our biological homes that we have brother, sister, cousin. We should have cousins in the church. 
we should have ankles in the church your pastor's friend should be your uncle your pastor's brother this is oh uncle tom uncle james auntie sarah the church is a place of relationships Number 10, if there is no growth in the number of visions and dreams given by the Holy Spirit, if there's no growth or if there's none, so once again, we've come back to the power dimension. Yeah. People should have dreams. Yeah, people should have, and not, not those foolish dreams. They, 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 they eat nyama. And then when they sleep, they just dream of meaty, meaty things. A lot of dreams are born of a lot of food. But we should have dreams. I dreamt that the church was doing this. I dreamt that there was this in the church. There was power flowing. Your members must, must be spiritual. Not just the pastor. Members must have dreams that they share. And you, the pastor, must be spiritual enough to know that, no, this girl is a witch trying to disturb the church with that dream. Because there are witches in the church. I've seen some right now. Say, visions and dreams. God uses visions and dreams. Ordinary members should dream. Obviously, in the last days, even the young girls shall dream. Dream. We need visions. You, the pastor, must have dreams about your members. Yes, it's not everything they will tell you. If I, if I wasn't having dreams about my members, I won't be standing here to you, talking to you. Oh, yes, I'll be long gone. You need dreams. Yes, it's a sign that the Holy Ghost is in the church. And it's a sign that the church is not barren. All I'm saying is that there must not be barrenness in the church. The builder's anointing eliminates barrenness. And these are the different facets of barrenness that can exist in the church. How can you have a church and people don't dream? Number 11. If there is no program to send out missionaries or to increase the number of missionaries. Yes. The greatness of a church is not in its seating capacity. It is in its sending capacity. I'll take it again. The greatness of a church it's not measured by its seating capacity. That's why we know that Women's Chapel is a great church. Not because they, have the, the, they are building the ark. No, no, no. They are sending missionaries constantly. In my church, missionaries, it is great. Not because we have built the Kodesh or we have built that. But we, have, we are sending pastors. Let's send. Let's send. Let's send. 
I'm, I'm, I'm not saying send members to Malaysia or India. No. You should be able to send a member from the access to the choir. It's a sending. Send a member from the chair. Ordinary member sitting down in the chair to the leaders you are training. Oh, I'm preaching already. Yes. Send some of your leaders from this area fellowship home sales to this area. Send. Send a chorister from the back of the choir to the front as a soloist. It's ascending. An apostle apostolos is a saint one. That's all. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? I said an apostle is what? A saint one. There's no mention of country. The word India is not in the definition of apostle. The word Zambia is not in the definition of an apostle. Just send. If I send you from the front to the sound guys, you are an apostle to the sound engineer. You see a brother very faithful in the church, quiet. You should notice him. Yes. And send him to the to the new converse class to go and help. Most of your members will not move till you send them. So if you are a pastor, a builder of a church, and your work does not involve sending, you are you are not a builder. Because even when you're at a construction site, they are carpenters, electricians, masons. You send a go here, do this. The site master is sending. You see a brother in the choir is causing trouble with the girls. Send him to the toilet to clean. For his own good. Transfers are done not just to build a church, but sometimes to save a person. Sometimes you move a pastor from a branch to save him. Yes, because you may not know that. You, you see, you may even just transfer him, but later you hear that there was a sexy girl in the church. A what? A sexy girl in the church about to destroy the pastor. So don't allow people to be in one place forever. Be strong and send. Be strong. Take the map of Harari and check how many members in my church come from this area. No one there. Send someone. Go there. Build a home cell and pass them to church. You are clapping, clap your hands. Well, I don't like this. Half and half.
That's how we build the church. I would like any pastor sitting here. Measure your sending abilities. I mean, what was the last time you sent someone? Oh, of course. I'm not saying don't send a member to Zambia to start a church. But your members should learn how to move from one area to the other in the church, in the city, in the town, in the community before they can move to other places. Oswald J. Smith, an old American preacher, he said, if you cannot cross the streets, the street to share the gospel, you will not have the privilege to cross the ocean to share the gospel. Those who cross oceans have crossed streets. So teach your members to cross streets. I mean, as you are sitting here right now listening to me, there should be people appearing in your mind's eye. And first of all, have areas of the church. We are talking about building a church. Have a, have a list of 50, 50 areas you can send people to. Or sack from. You see, sacking somebody is also ascending. <laughs> because you are sending away from. Because some people are in small groups only causing troubles. So just tell them, I have, I have a new vision for you. That you must fry eggs. You must fry what? Eggs. On Sundays. And just buy a crate of eggs for her. Buy some oil, frying pan, get a cool pot and let her fry. To keep her out of trouble. And before you know, you are Raising revenue because a lot of Christians like eggs. Somebody is changing. I said, Somebody is changing. I said, Somebody is changing. I can feel that somebody sitting here, you are being changed. But I cannot end this point without asking you. Not to send yourself. Even if you've sensed that for the past three weeks your singing in the bathroom has changed. So you are now a singer. Don't just move to the choir. Let your pastor send you. see, there is something about a covering. A covering. That changes everything. Even if you are in a church, you are a leader in a church, and you sense that God wants you to start your own ministry. Why not? But see your pastor. 
and let him send you honorably. Don't just get up and steal choristers, steal two ashes, steal one rich man and take them to start your branch. You are not a pastor. You are a thief. And there is no blessing on you. A lot of people who are, have their churches were not sent. They went. Ministry is not done by waiting. It is done by sending. And you see that since you just broke away, and don't forget, as you are doing that, even if you don't take the rich woman and the quarrel, and you even go alone, there's a way you live that will break your pastor's heart. And if you've broken his heart, your heart will be broken ten times. Yes. See him. If he says he doesn't feel led to release you, stay. But make sure you, because you see, when you leave and you start your church, you break away and you start your church. Your preaching will be illegitimate preaching. Will be what? Illegitimate. Because a preacher Paul asked that question in Romans. He said, how can they preach except they are sent? So anybody who has not been sent has no right to preach. How can they preach? What are you doing? You are preaching. You are only making noise. You are only stringing words together. I have been sent here. As I stand here, I'm standing here under the covering and the blessing of my pastor who sent me here. What are you talking about? Bishop Nyati, he was preaching in my church two Sundays ago in Ghana. He preached in my cathedral. I had discussions with my bishop, Bishop Doug, about the visit. He knows about everything going on. How can you be in the church? Somebody just claps for you. You feel you are a man of God. You have a dream about somebody. You tell the person the dream. And the person says it's true. So you feel you are a prophet. I'm saying that. There's always. Even in the house. Our children. They leave. Some sons will leave and still be working with you. When your child is leaving, it's not an evil thing. But I'm telling you, even let me leave pastors. Let me move on to ordinary church members. Don't leave your pastor's covering to another branch. Whether you are following a Rastafarian or you are following a, an Angolan live with a blessing otherwise you will regret that step you took 
to the point. Back to the point. Sending. Ask yourself, when was the last time I sent someone anywhere to do anything? Oh, it's been a while. So, let me have, I'm, I'm going to send five people in the church just to move in the church. It brings life. Because when you send people around, you stir up the soup. It's like the ladle that is stirring up and things come out. You'll be surprised as you are moving the guy from the ashes to the next area. Somebody will come back up and say that he has borrowed my money, he has not paid, and he has left. That's why you know this guy is borrowing money in the church. Say, I will send. Say, I will send. Anybody who has been sent must also send. I have been sent. So I have to also send. John 20, 21. Even as the father sent me, so send I you. There can't be a church without sending people from the choir to children's ministry. Children's ministry, move here, come to this side, move to this area. Sending. And sometimes, as the leader of the church, allow the Holy Spirit to send you to places. I'm very happy you are here. I'm very happy you are here. Can't you feel that you are learning something new already? Number 12. Your church is barren. If there is no growth in the finances of the church. Yes. Finances. We use money to buy the video camera. To buy the microphone. To pay the staff. To pay bills. So one of the things a pastor needs to do. Is to follow the trajectory of the offerings. Be interested. And a pastor doesn't just announce its offering time. Then you tell the church to repeat its blessing time. It's offering time. Take out your offering and let's give to the Lord. No. 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 Extract the offerings. The offering time alone. In in my church, offering time on Sundays is a miracle time. Oh, yes. It's very prophetic. I just sense an anointing. As they are coming, I'm praying for them. As they are coming, I call this amount. They are coming. I lay my hands. I lay my hands. I say, yeah, God is blessing you. God is blessing you. I say, hey, your eyelashes are too big. Reduce it. You are this. God is changing your life. God is blessing you. God, yes. I lay hands. I'm a pastor. I lay hands. Hey, I say, hey, hey, your wig is too old. Change it. 
receive the power of God. Be blessed. Be blessed. I'm a shepherd. He says, watch and pray. So, I watch the wig and I pray. Oh, am I saying something bad? Watch and pray. In fact, the offering time may be the only time in one year that a member may come close to you. Yes. You don't just call offering time and then ashes will come and stand there with the bags. Three of them are even thieves. Yes. I'm telling you, ashes are thieves. Not all, a percentage are thieves. Not everybody is serving God from his heart. Some are serving God from their pockets. Yes, from the pocket. So if it's empty, something must enter the pocket. When you come to Ghana, forgive thyself, holy conferences. Watch how the prophet takes offerings. As if there's an emergency. As he takes offerings as if something is burning somewhere. Or a house is on fire. Because the ministry requires money. We build branches. We send things. We buy things. We pay for things with money. So you can't just, you pastor, you can't just put an offering back there and say, come and give. It's not a free will offering. Free will? Tell that you are giving this. When I call, in my, in my country, you have, have cities. 50 Ghana cities. I start with higher numbers and I come to 50. Then I see a man with a big body. He's, I said, please go back and add some more to it. I said, the offering you are giving, it doesn't match your body size. I mean, look at your wig and the money you are bringing. Doesn't match. I mean, look at this hairstyle. This hairstyle. When I call for offerings, I'll be watching you. You. Say. Money is used to build a church. It's when you are not experienced that you think that we use communion wine to pay for things. It's money. I'm sure we are paying on this building. So I will not allow you, especially those of you sitting in front, whether you are pastors or you are generals or you are apostles. Front seat, there is no way in this world that front seat people don't pay more. I will sack you from the front to the back. Is it basketball? The seats themselves. You pay to sit there. So when I'm calling for offerings and someone like you are bringing $10, I say, please go back and do what is right. Because 
money is used. That's why we say, otherwise your church is a barren church. Finances must grow. A pastor with branches must monitor the offerings of the branches. Even your, if, even if you have home sales, home sale meetings, monitor the offerings. Because some home sale leaders are stealing the offerings. And never say there's no money in Zimbabwe. It's the greatest curse you can place on your church members. That there's no money. So you will not make them give. It's only when you give that it will be given back to you. A good measure. Shaking down. Check the tithes. Have tight records. There are people after church service, they like ambushing the pastor. They gather around him, wasting his time. You must know their tight records and say, hey, look, you've, you've not paid your tithe. Don't come and chat with me. Where, your tithe for three months. Where is it? Three months, where is it? Ah, oh, this, this is how I bring it. Then they'll bring the tithe. Did you know that if every member of the church was paying tithes, we wouldn't even need to give offerings. Tithes alone can build the church. We give offerings because it is a biblical instruction to give tithes and offerings. Tithes are far more, are far greater in magnitude of a church's income. Those of you who are reading books about not tight that Titan is over. You will be over. Don't follow philosophers. Follow the Bible. Don't follow what? Philosophers. Oh, sorry, philosophers. Don't follow what? Philosophers. Read your own personal Bible. And check if Jesus himself they didn't speak about tithes. What, what tithes is over? Over where? Over what? Can you imagine a pastor stopping me from paying tithes? But they can stop you from paying tithes because there is nothing in you. You are an empty vessel. Ask your neighbor, is a pastor addressing you or it's me? Ask, is he addressing you or is he addressing me? Number 13. A church is barren if there is no increase in the number of scriptures the members know. We are not building a social club. It's the church, the bride of Christ. The members must know scriptures. 
every church must have a group of verses called must know. You must know. And share it. Let the members learn it. And tell the ladies not to accept any proposal without the guy quoting 20 verses. When we got born again in the 80s, we were playing games with verses. When I see you, you quote, I quote, you quote, I quote, you quote, I quote. The one who can't quote anymore loses. I'm not surprised I'm standing here. Some of you have no future. There's no scriptures in you. Only Zimbabwean proverbs. Proverbs and idioms. Zimbabwean idioms. It will make you an idiot. Ask your neighbor, can you just bless me with two scriptures? Just two, just two, just two. Before the pastor continues. Bless me, just bless me with just two. Hey, don't have your quiet time. Don't reason all the time for quiet time. Clap your hands for Jesus. Number 14. You are barren. If there's no increase in your experiences in the ministry. Experiences. Good experiences. Bad experiences. Because you are into idioms. I'll give you a Ghanaian idiom. They say, it is the one who carries the pot to the riverside who will break the pot. Those who are not carrying any pots, don't break any pot. So your bad experiences are because you are doing something for the Lord. So don't let those who don't have bad experiences intimidate you. They are rather useless members of the church. I shouldn't say it. Experiences. A girl almost seduced you to fornicate. It's not a good experience. It's bad. But it's because you went to do outreach. So next time, don't go alone. That's all. But it's an experience. If the next time you know the type of girl who can seduce you, so you move away because not every soul is your soul. A soul is a soul. And it's precious to God. Hello? Say it again. A soul is a soul. And it's precious to God. It's precious to God. Such some souls should not be precious to you. 
you go near that, near that girl, you will have a baby in three months. Okay, listen, listen, girls. That's why you should be spiritual. It's not every boy you try to witness to. Some boys, you must ask your assistant pastor or your chief dickness. If you try it, you won't continue your education. You'll be at the antenatal. It is... Can I continue or I should stop? I should stop preaching? It's not everybody you witness to. Take it from me. The Holy Spirit, of course, I don't blame you. Most of you don't know the Holy Spirit. So he cannot even guide you. Yes, your judgments are judgments by the eyes and the ears and feelings. You look at the girl's skin. The skin is so smooth. Oh, then this is my soul. Your soul? Your soul? It's not everywhere Paul was allowed to preach. In Acts 16, he was stopped. He was going to Bithynia. Through Bithynia to Mysia. He was stopped. He said, don't go there. I don't know why. But Mysia wasn't a zoo. I said, Mysia wasn't a zoo. It had human beings. Men and women. People who needed salvation. But the Holy Ghost said, don't go. Don't try it. A soul is a soul. But it's not your soul. Some of you, even guys, you should know, you should accept it. A lot of guys witness to beautiful girls. I've, I've not, I don't know the last time I saw a guy who had brought an ugly girl to church. That is my soul. Always in high heels, long hair. That's my soul. Your soul? Your soul? Yellow bones. Should I stop preaching? I should stop. I should stop it. I can continue. You must have experiences. And experiences come by doing more. If you don't do more, you won't experience more. A singer must have experiences by singing more. You see, you, you'll be singing a song and you can't continue in the middle because the note is too high. It's a bad experience, but it's an experience. Or you are singing, you forgetting, you you, you forgotten the, the 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 lyrics, because your mind is on some money you left in your room. I'm not sure that somebody has come for the money. Pastors, visit more. Let me tell you, I don't know. Well, I've been born again for close to forty years. All good preachers have good windows, preaching anecdotes and examples. We call them windows. Which are a result of his many experiences. Pastors who don't do a lot, don't preach well. 
Because a good preaching must have windows. It's only suitcases which must be airtight. Preaching must have ventilation. Preaching must have windows. And if you don't do a lot, a grown-up pastor like you, you preach once a week. Obviously, you will not preach well. I mean, I can list 10 things that are against you because you preach once a week. I'm talking my voice. I've been preaching for, you let me forget the past. But I was in Zambia. Four days. The first session, I preached for seven hours. I have preached every day since the past week. Wouldn't I be a good preacher? Why do you think you have come to sit here? I'm asking a question. Is there a white man coming here? I am the reason why you are sitting here. <laughs> oh, you forgotten? Let me ask. I said, I said you've forgotten that I am the reason why you are here? Yeah, because you know that the man preaches well. Am I not preaching well to you? If I gave you this book, can you say the things I'm saying? Preach a lot. As you preach a lot, you will even say things you shouldn't say. It's a bad experience. It's fine. But preach a lot. If you are a leader, or a, a home cell leader of 10 members, you should preach at least 7 times a week. And the preaching is not just the home cell. Every person you preach, you speak to, is a preaching. Because once there is a verse, an example, and a point, it's a preaching. No, I'm asking that if you were the one who was advertised to be having this conference? Will there be this crowd in the hall? And I'm saying that for the past 14 days, I have preached almost every day. Each day about a minimum of 17 hours. Wake up! Do I say all things well? No! It's the good, the bad that make up the experiences. If they are bad experiences, you learn that next time don't point your finger at an elderly man. So I only point, if you say I only point my fingers to small, small boys and girls. I am experienced. I am an, by the grace of God, I am an experienced preacher. Even the voice I have now, if you had that voice, you'd have cancelled the conference. I'm struggling inside my throat. But the preaching is sweet. Sweet. No, no, no. The point, say, are you a pastor? Then preach a lot. Are you a pastor? Preach a lot. 
Say experiences. Experiences. Say experience. Experiences. Are you a wife? Yes. Have sex a lot. Hey! Say experiences. Experience. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I'm oh, I'm preaching. Oh, Even your husband is giving me fans. Hey! Say more. Say more. A wife must have experiences. Romantic experiences. You go to your husband, you remove your clothes, and he sees the panties. Say, no, 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 we wear your dress. Because the panties you are wearing is like a parachute. There are women wearing parachutes here right now. I shouldn't say it. If we were on a plane and the plane malfunctioned 40,000 feet up, some of these women will not die because the parachute will land them safely. shouldn't say it. When a plane is falling from the sky, all of us must die. How come you will survive? Because as we are all falling down, as you are coming down, your parachute will just... Experiences. 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 We need experienced preachers. Experienced singers. When they start the song and the keyboardist gives a key, say, No, no, no. I tried this one in Taiwan. It didn't work for me. Go down. It's too high. Yes. Say, Experiences. Most of you are not experienced. You're not experienced. We need experienced sound engineers. You see that the, the sound engineers in this church are experienced. The sound wasn't good, but they've managed to work it out. Even with my bad voice, I'm preaching nicely. Clap your hands for them. We need experienced ashes. Who can tell that this guy may have a bomb in his bag? Watch him carefully. You're looking at my face. So the things in the church are not nice because the people working, the video man, I mean, it's no experience. Instead of asking the pastor to come to church on his own, to use the camera to film shots and to go to YouTube, look at shots and so on. He will not do anything. I'm sure this is the first time this week he's holding the camera. And I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say it. (laughs) 
Oh, say experienced. Say, I am experienced. We need experienced leaders. Yes. That's why we are very comfortable when we sit on a plane and certain pilots are in the cockpit. Can you imagine you are going from Harare to London and the man says, I am, I am chief officer, this, this, that Harare, and uh, I, I, this is my first time I'm flying. Would you stop the plane in the middle of the air and get down? Everybody wants an experienced person to minister to him. May you be experienced. Receive the grace to be experienced. Number what? 15. A church is barren if there is the absence of or no growth in the outreaches in the church. Yes. Write the list carefully. As I'm speaking, God is speaking to some of you. Some of your churches have no outreaches. And a church which doesn't reach out is an ideological society. It's not a church. Jesus' church, they reach out. You are doing something else. Maybe you have formed a social club. Yes. There are pastors who are known to have big conferences, but nobody has any memory of them preaching at a crusade. It's wrong. It should disturb you. There should be no reason, there should be no verse in the Bible that should let you, that should make you explain it away. Yes, you are, you are a man, the main pastor in Zimbabwe. Man, everybody know, but no one remembers seeing you at a crusade. No! 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 People should have memories of you. Preaching at a small crusade. Yes. Even though you are a pastor. Paul told Timothy. Do the work of an evangelist. Organize the groups. Suspend the choir. Mommy. Your church. Suspend the choir. If they can produce pictures and data on a crusade they had as a choir burn them from and they don't even sing well anyway there should be no this is a church builders service the theme is the builders anointing don't allow any group to exist in your church Don't. I tell you, the church, a church which doesn't reach out, is a dangerous church. Yes. Jesus said, 
other sheep I have that are not of this fold, them I must also bring. Do not, whether they are sound engineers, instrumentalists, dancing stars, what stars? Rap stars, film stars, culinary moves, no group. No group. I beg you, don't promote non-evangelism in the church. That's not Jesus' church. The young boys, the children's service, they must do outreach. Don't. Then finally, you, the pastor yourself, should organize the whole church and go somewhere. Whether people get born again or not, it's not your problem. Yours is to go and minister the word of God to them. Of course, nobody may give his life to Christ because you ministered badly. Ask your neighbor, when was the last time you won a soul? Just ask everybody. When was the last time? The last time. Ask. Ask him. Ask him. A church. Pastors, don't lead. Don't pastor a church which is not evangelistic. No matter how many gallons of oil you drink. Gallons. Don't associate yourself. You can die easily. Don't associate yourself with a group that doesn't do outreach. It's a dangerous group. I should say it again. Do not associate yourself with a group, any group that does not do outreaches. Don't. Do not. And right now, the spirit of evangelism is coming upon somebody now. I said the anointed to evangelize is coming upon somebody. Receive it now. Sharing Jesus. And there are books here. Like tell them this book. Tell them. It's a very important book. 120 reasons why you must be a soul winner. This book. How you can preach salvation. This one. This is it. Notes the evangelist uses for his sermons. Everybody, how every chapter is a sermon. You will learn to preach salvation through this. Put your hand on your chest and receive the anointing of a soul winner. May your heart beat with the heartbeat of God. I said, may your heart beat with the heartbeat of God. Never associate yourself. Leave that group. Leave it. Don't join a group which doesn't win souls. 
Because what is on God's heart is that the lost. He said, other sheep I have. We are not all here. There are many in town. That's why God anoints pastors. That's why he gave gifts to men. Apostles, pastors, teachers, all the fivefold gifts. Eventually, they are to win souls to God. There is not even half of a gift. That is not into soul winning. The evangelist is into soul winning. The pastor is into soul winning. The teacher, Matthew 28, said teaching them to observe all things. It's part of the great commission. The teaching anointing is part of the great commission. Don't sit there and say any prophet you know who doesn't do crusade is a fake prophet. Even if you are sitting here, I'm telling you, you are you are fake. I don't know if you are looking at my face. Are you online? You are online on Facebook. Are you online? So I'm speaking to those who are watching me on Facebook. Any prophet in town who doesn't make altar calls in his church services? Who is not seen in Harari or anywhere in the world? It's a fake prophet. Run away from them. Sir, sir, you must be surprised that Father Abraham told the rich man in hell when he said Lazarus should go to his five brothers in Harare. Father Abraham told him they have what? The prophets. I'm, I'm surprised because you have said they have evangelists in Harare. They have Moses and the prophets. They must hear them. Not even a mention of a pastor. In heaven, the real evangelists they are looking for are the prophets. Because a prophet within a soul is more powerful than a teaching evangelist within a soul. Because you, you, Christ met the woman at the well. Through the prophetic, he won her. She is a, that's the fastest promotion I've ever seen. Within two minutes, she moved from a new convert to an evangelist of a city. Through the prophetic. Well, I will tell you. It's not just any prophet. Any pastor you know. Any teacher you know. Any evangelist you know. You know there are some evangelists who don't do crusades. There are evangelists who don't do evangelism. Yes. You know what I mean? I said there are evangelists who don't do evangelism. 
In the New Testament, there's only one man. Not two. Only one man who was called the evangelist. His name was Philip. He did only one crusade. In Acts 8, he went down to Samaria and preached Christ. And the people gave heed to the things which he said. Both seeing and hearing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits came out of many. And many that were taken with the palsies were healed. From Acts 8, we never heard of Philip the evangelist. Till Acts 21, when we see Philip with his four virgins, his daughters. So he used his time to protect his daughters from fornication. I'm serious. We don't read in the Bible Paul making only one missionary journey. He went here. He went here. He went here. He did that. Yeah, so we should have seen Philip the evangelist from Samaria. He went there. He went here. He went to Malta. That never, the next time we hear of Philip the evangelist, he's with his four virgins who are prophesying. So marriage can stop you from doing evangelism. Having children can block your evangelistic anointing. Be afraid of anybody. Photographer, videographer, pastor, evangelist, prophet, teacher. Anybody who doesn't have evangelism on his heart is an antichrist. And what? Stop thinking about that prophet. Stop thinking about that pastor. Think of yourself. You, you, when was the last time you were out winning this soul? You are a devil. I'll take it again. The greatness of a church is not measured in its seating capacity, but in its sending capacity. Take it and you can go home now. If you like, go home. Don't hang around a church which doesn't like, which doesn't like you are in the church. For a year, the church has drunk oil, drank milo, chewed grass, swallowed sand, had conventions, somersaulted, gone to bath in the beach, done midnight prayers in the forest, eating chameleons. You've done everything except to go out and win souls. You should be worried. If you are sitting here and your pastor doesn't win souls, you should be worried. Because you have welded your destiny to a dangerous pastor. I'm telling you. We'll take a break soon and come back for the final session. Because I can see that you are all angry with me. 
you don't want to hear what I'm saying you're not interested and I feel like stopping the conference but you're not listening to me no, you are quiet you are not, there's no response when we come back from the break it will be fireworks here Number what? 16. If there is no growth, can you clap your hands for this book? Church planting. If there is no growth in the length and depth of your prayer, you are barren. The length. The length. And my pastor, but even when he read the Bible, you see now Jesus, even when he was praying, he was only saying short, short, short prayers. He said that Lazarus come forth. Hey, Lazarus come forth. Read your Bible well. He prayed for hours. He prayed for what? Hours. I will not monitor you. You monitor your personal prayer. When was the last time you sat down alone in a chair all night? Or you went somewhere in a room alone days? The length and depth, depth of prayer deals with the intensity of the prayer. Even your tongues must change into something deeper and more complex. Harari, 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 harari. Are you Hare Krishna? No. He katabush katimaha and doki pateba and dariadoska timadimahaka. He mosteba. One day someone will just slap you that you are insulting him. We all start that way. We all, we all. But as you go on, like any language, you get deeper. You use proverbs, you use idioms, you use expressions. May your tongues have idioms and expressions. Pray in tongues with idioms. I mean, some of you girls with sophisticated hairstyles dyed your hair blondy. You won't be called to pray in tongues. I, 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 I. Are you a cat? May the depth you pray with verses as you are praying, you are quoting Habakkuk. 
are in your room alone as you are praying you are quoting verses Lord your word said in Joel chapter 2 your word says in Habakkuk Lord you said in the book of Psalms why did the hidden rage and the people imagine a vain Lord behold they are threat. that's how they prayed in Acts they prayed with verses when they were threatened and they were praying they used Old Testament Torah 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 verses Torah Torah they were being beaten don't preach again if we catch you preaching we'll beat you they give them some few slaps those are warnings warning slaps he said you can now go the bible says they went to their own company some of you don't have your own company because your company is made up of unbelievers I don't even know how you came to sit here you don't have any cry, any friend in the body of Christ but the Bible says they went to their own company and they lifted their voice and said Lord behold their threatening and grant thy servants boldness When, ask your friend, when was the last time you prayed with verses? Ask her. Ask her. And when you finish, ask him. When was the last time you prayed with verses? We are talking about the depth. The what? Depth. Not prayer. God, do it, do it, do it, do it. If you do what? <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Hey, don't talk that way. It's even, it, it, it means something else. If you do what? Is someone doing something to you? But when you stand up with the scripture, Makatusaka. Even the way you introduce the prayer. Makatusaka. Kunda kaduge abraka sukaduga. Masaka tababa. Every day. Kai, 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 kai. Say hello to the nearest cat around you. The nearest cat. Clap your hands for Jesus. If you stand up, I feel dizzy. Oh, you are enjoying the message. You are enjoying the message. Is it a powerful message? Look at this one. Number 17. Is that 20? So you are going on a break right now. 17. You are barren if there is no increase in challenges and mountains to overcome. 
some of you when i even look at your skin tone your skin tone you don't have challenges when a woman has challenges she has pimples or the skin becomes rough your skin is too smooth for a christian for a christian it's too smooth Inspect your neighbor's skin. And clap your hands for Jesus. For her skin. And some men look too healthy to be a Christian. You must be stressed. Should be problems you are solving, sir. You look like the vice president of Zimbabwe. You are taking too much good care of this man. Starve him a little. Ask yourself, how many challenges do you have? I'm not talking about the wig you have borrowed, you've not sent back. That we are sending you texts. I mean, ministry kingdom problems you are solving. Paul said, fierce within, fightings without. The kind of challenges you overcome and the mountains you are climbing, they show that you are you are you are a fruitful believer. You are too calm to be an end time Christian. Your makeup is too much for an end time believer. I'm surprised you had time to do this makeup. Did you get the time? Tell me about give me three challenges you are facing, and don't mention that girl you have impregnated. Three challenges you are facing. Oh, I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. My church is not growing. That brother is not coming to church anymore. The choir is not singing well. There's no prayer. The all nights are not working. I've tried to pray for four people. All have died. Yes. Challenges. You pray for four people to heal them. All have died. My income is low. Uh, 
Any pastor with a pot belly may not be working well. Can you clap your hands for Jesus? People are pulling their stomachs inside. They are tucking in. That's the way. Tucking in. Give the Lord a shout. Ah, I love this one. Number 18. You are barren. If there is no challenge and inspiration to a greater vision. If there's no challenge or an inspiration to a greater vision. I came to Zimbabwe for a... I didn't come here for this conference. This is not why I took a plane to Zimbabwe. But why not? Why not? Look at the hall. Look at the... Close to 1,000 people sitting here. It's a greater vision. It's bigger. I, I, I didn't come here to have a conference here. I'm tired. I should be lying in the bosom of my wife. And she should be, she should be caressing my hair. Why not? But there's always something bigger than your personal vision. I said the world is bigger than you. I said the kingdom is bigger than you. Your personal needs, your personal agenda, your personal vision cannot guide you. There must be something bigger than your current vision. Father, give them something bigger. Give that pastor a vision of 10 branches this year. Let him have a vision of a bigger church. Send someone right now a vision. Of multiple services. In that same building. Touch our hearts. Clap your hands for Jesus. Number 19. If there is no growth in understanding. Yes. People don't understand. And those are the people who break away with Luciferians. Luciferians. The people who leave the church with Luciferians are those who don't have any understanding. Absalom was followed by how many hundred men? 200 men. The the, 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 the King James says they knew not anything. Even, Even Anything was, it's not one word in the King James. It's any and thing. Two separate words. They knew not anything. That, not even one thing was in their heads. In the simplicity of their minds. Pastors, preach and let them understand why they should be loyal. Why they should serve God. That's why you must pray that you, you be a good preacher. Don't you understand what I'm preaching right now? Do you understand it? Yes. 
And remember, sir, I'm not talking about something frivolous. Understanding is one of the spirits of God. Isaiah 11.2 Understanding. We need to understand. If you understand yourself, why you must pay tithes. No philosopher will philosophize you out of the path of God for your life. No philosopher. I mean, if God came now and said that we shouldn't serve him again, I'll be very angry. But some of you say, I've been waiting for this announcement for a long time. I've been waiting for this announcement for a very long time. Why are you not coming to say this? I've always known that we shouldn't be serving you. Because you are doing something without understanding. When the sower went out to sow, some of the seeds were so shallow that even, 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 even the elements removed them. Birds came for them. If you are here, be here properly. Understand why you must go to church. Understand why you must wake up and pray. Understand why you must pay tithes. Understand why you must serve God. Some of you young men working and renting houses must understand why you must marry. Understand it. Because testicles don't swell for nothing. It's a proverb. I said what? As the nearest brother, are you married? And anyone you know above, you look at his face, the wrinkles. It means he's around 35. If he's not married, bring him to the front here for prayers. two hands. Father, deliver this man. The girls are dying. Let him respond. Let him take only one of the girls. Receive it now. Another one has come. What is wrong with you? Are you well? Lift your hands. Father, help him. He's suffering too much. Deliver him from evil. Say amen. Look at your beard. Like T.B. Joshua's cousin. man there i need oil give me oil 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 say why this the length of your beard should match the length of your marriage go home and remove the beard till you marry 
This man is struggling. Swollen testicles are painful. Deliver him. Let him rise up. Send him a girl. Send him a woman. Send him a lover. Send him a romantic girl. And let his life be complete. In Jesus' name. Amen. You must understand as a man, not, not as a woman. No, no, no. The women have no problem here. If you see a lady in her 40s who is not married, it's not her fault. Of course, a few are witches, but that's a different But generally, it's not her fault. It's the man. You should know a Christian who should be holy. How is it possible you're not married? And look at your beard. Even the length... I mean, who, who combs the beard for you? I'm having a good time here. I'm having a good time here. Say understanding. Oh, understanding. A pastor, you must understand why you must have a big choir. There's a reason why we fight for 200 members in the choir. Not because they want to sing well. No. There's a reason. Why we have even formed dancing stars. There's a reason. That, that we like dancing. Most of them, they're wasting our time. But it's a way of engaging young, immature people to, to also feel they are a pastor. At a point, not everybody can preach. They start dancing, they start singing, then they mature. They what? Mature. So don't just this one. Why? The church, we have got dancers in the church. Why are we dancing? Why do we pay tithes? If God even wrote in the skies of Harari, thou shalt not pay tithes, I will pay tithes. First of all, that writing is somebody who has used a helicopter to do that. <laughs> it's not God. No, understand. Understand why you should be here for a conference. Understand why you must break up from that girl. Understand. You should understand why you shouldn't go into betting. You, you see, Anything you understand, you stand under it. You stand. Why? Why? I'm a Christian. Why should I not fornicate? Why? Is it that just that God doesn't want you to have girls liking you? No. That's a reason. Why should a young man stop watching pornography? Is it that we don't want you to use your airtime? Like we are jealous that you have more airtime than we have. No. Why? Always ask why. When you understand something, 
you are stronger in it than somebody. People do things without understanding. You can be a pastor of a big church without understanding why you are a pastor. So the next move, you can easily start stand for elections. You know what I'm talking about? Why are you a pastor? Why? Is it just to gather crowds? Is it even to give people accommodation? What motivated you to be a pastor? Is it for social reasons? Are you pastoring a church so that you can help people to pay their, their school fees? What's the reason why you must be a pastor? Understand what you are doing. No wind can blow a man or a woman away from something he is doing with understanding. So in our church, we have got something called understanding campaign. It's a campaign to let people understand what the Christian life is about. Why we pray. Why we serve God. It's called understanding campaign. Why a new believer must go to church. Why a Christian you must pray. Why you must give offerings. Understanding. Why you must pray in tongues. And if in your church you are just a man of God pastoring a bunch of ignoramuses, it is a barren church. Useless. Then finally, before we take the break, your church is barren. If there is no growth in fellowships and branches. Unfortunately, I can tell you, no pastor should be interested in having one big fat church as your life's work. Oh yes. Unfortunately, Because nobody lights a lamp and puts it in a corner. You rather put your lamp on a candlestick for all. See? So he says, Ye are the light of the world. Your church must have a lot of fellowships in the areas if you have 50 now believe God to make it 55 increasing branches there should be branches there must be branches there must be branches no matter the fatness of your church there must be branches. There is nothing that affects the world from only one corner. Including in beer. Everything that must hit the world 
is found in many, many locations. If you go to Bulawayo, if you go to uh, Chipazi or you go to wherever, there is always going to be a place you can buy Coca-Cola. It's not only in Harare. You think in Bulawayo you don't drink Coca-Cola? Only you drink Coke. So if you go to Bulawayo and you expect Coke, then we expect a branch of your church also in Bulawayo. Yes. If there's a choir star in this church, a choir leader, believe God that your members in the choir will come from every area of Harare. So because of you in the choir leading it, even this church will grow because it will bring into the, for them to sing, they must be in this church. Don't just sit down and be prayerfully waiting for members to join. When we come back, I'm going into Anakazu. Clap your hands now. We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30pm on Saturdays, as well as 7.30am and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ago on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.